Are you looking for the magic to make your life truly count? Do you want the secret formula to make every day your best day yet? Hello, and welcome to the Finishing on Fire radio show. And now, here are your show hosts, Dave Wadsworth and Greg Vance. Hello, everybody. Good to see you again. Well, I guess I can't see you. But I can see Greg. Glad to see you, but I hope you all can hear us. Hey, Dave. Good to see you, too. I'm always happy to help our listeners uh, understand more about life and how to be their best at it. Um, So on today's call, I know we talked about just letting people in behind the scenes a little bit, helping people understand a little bit more about some of the highlights in your book. And so we thought today that, um, again, the book title is Finishing on Fire, and I'm very envious that you were able to write that. And yeah, the tagline, uh, live your legacy of purpose, passion, and prosperity. I love that. So so maybe in a few words, Dave, tell us about um, what was the big idea that prompted you to write this book? Kind of what was you trying to help people with? I think, Greg, I appreciate you asking that because I think what happened... I kind of hit a midlife, not really a crisis, but I hit midlife and I started thinking about the years I had behind me Mm -hmm. and then how many years I had ahead of me. And I thought, you know what? Um, I've had a lot of water go under the bridge and (laughs) how am I going to finish strong? And I remember back in my football days in high school and how at the end, of practice, we would sprint, 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 and we'd always have to finish strong on those sprints. And I thought, you know, I want to make my life really matter. Mm. And I want to, uh, each day, I want to make it count. And so that's really what the book is about, is, is helping people uh, understand from my experiences and my mistakes and, and some of the wisdom I've gleaned from the many, the couple thousand books I've read here in the last four years, and, and just say, okay, how can I focus in on, on what matters uh, and make each and every day the very best day I can make it? And, and that's what this book is about in, in a nutshell. It's really pretty awesome, I, I think, because it's not my ideas. It's a lot of other people's ideas. And then I throw some stuff in on top of it. But, but Finishing on Fire is about finishing your life and, 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 and doing it right. And don't just fizzle out, uh, but fire up and, 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 and really do what needs to be done. Take care of business and enjoy life, but enjoy who you're with, enjoy what you're doing and just look for the highlights in life and, and do that every day. And, and I think if you, you look at this book and you go through it, you read it, if you just pick out one idea, it will absolutely change your life. And, and I'm excited about that. So yeah, thanks, Greg. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I would agree. I've read it. Um, you know, cover to cover, studied it. And so um, you did a great job with the book. Lots of good takeaways in there for people. But before we go on, I don't want to um, um, let something go by that you just said there a few minutes ago that people may not have caught, you know, they're listening. You said you read how many books in the last few years? Give us oh, that. That, actually, if you ask my wife, that's a lie. Okay. She said you listened to those books. I actually, I read a lot of paperback or or hard copy books, okay? But forever, and and I have this actually in the front of my book, I I talk about this. For 55 years of my life, I read a total of 25 books. 
maybe 25 books. Mm. Okay. The last four years, I've read over 2000 books, which wow. is unbelievable to me. It's like, are you kidding me that there's no way. And actually what I do, um, I've discovered audible and I download books on audible and, and different other sources, but audible has become my new best friend. And one of my businesses, I have a lot of time where I'm, I'm either traveling or I'm in a, in a situation where I can listen uh, to mm -hmm. books. Mm -hmm. And so I average, actually, I average over a book a day that I read. And Glenna says, says, Dave, you're not reading those books. I said, well, somebody's reading them. I'm just listening <laughs> and, and getting the information. So <laughs> he has to be so precise. She should have been an engineer. She's just so particular. And I'm like, hey, somebody's reading them. So that counts. So yeah, yeah, that's uh, well, actually going from 25 books in 55 years to over 2000 now. It's just kind of amazing to me. And, and it's, it's yeah. eye opening. But I, that's part of this finishing on fire. I'm realizing, wait a minute, I've only got so much time left. I want to make, uh, just make every day count again, but, but just make the most of it. And that's what I want to help, help people do. I really want them to just have their best life and, and just really just wring all the good out of it that they can. And, uh, and I think this book will really uh, get them on the way, you know, get them started. Perfect. So. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So whether you read, listened, that's a lot of books. So I'm going to congratulate you for that. And uh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Can you believe that? Uh, I love your yeah. I love your wife sharing feedback. All right. So 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 I got the book open here. And so what we're going to do today, folks, is um, rather than Dave's got 19 chapters in the book, so I can't have him tell you all 19 chapters. You know, this isn't an audio book. But what we're going to do is uh, um, I picked out five chapters that I think are um, would make sense to talk about uh, amongst themselves and have Dave. I'm going to present a few questions and have him just share about those, maybe some of the backstory and a little bit more in depth about them. And, you know, and I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. So um, and hopefully I remember what I wrote. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to start, we're going to start with chapter number six, and that's entitled Margin. It's not about speed. Um, and uh, the subtitle is Live Smarter, Not Harder. So you tell us a lot in there about um, speed versus accuracy. So maybe you can expand on that a little bit more. Yeah, that's, I had a boss years ago when I worked for the U.S. government, and he had a a cartoon on his office wall and it said work harder not smarter and it had uh, a guy you know learning to, to use a wheel instead of flipping it over he, he put a stick through it and through the middle of it and he started ro rolling it and it's like okay so i thought in this you know um live smarter not harder it really is an idea of think about what you're doing and make each day count well that's being smart and learning from not just your mistakes, but other people's mistakes. Because one of my favorite sayings is, you know, you got to learn from other people's mistakes because you'll never live long enough to make them all yourself. Mm, yes. so you just got to learn. And, and that's what, what it's all about. And so um, with this one here in margins, our lives are so crammed full of stuff that um, we don't have room to turn around and we're just almost exhausted. We're stressed out. 
and and it's sad and and really what you need is margin in your life and <laughs> there's a great story in this chapter <laughs> about my wife and I don't know if you're going to ask me anything about that about my wife on the lawnmower we've got a big property and a nice big lawnmower it's a zero turn mower and and she thinks it, it's a race you know to get done I said no honey it's not a race it, it's about accuracy not speed and she thinks she has to go you know 100 mile an hour with that lawnmower even though it's fast she just doesn't have to do that but there's a great story in there about that uh and so you'll have to read the book to, to get that one yeah i'm not gonna i'm gonna ask <laughs> but look you for to, margin yeah i'm not gonna ask you to take the covers off of that one right here that's probably a, a pretty long story but it's it is worth the read um so the other thing you talk about in there is reminding us to be present and how important that is. And so, you know, maybe tell us why that's so important and how do you make that happen? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I, um, I have a, a saying I really like, and I tell people when I do uh, motivational speaking for either companies or, or uh, organizations, groups and stuff, I love to do that. But one thing I emphasize, I talk about this and I tell them, I said, basically, here's the deal. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. And that's why they call it the present. Love so it. My, pre my present to you is to tell you to be present in the present. So many days, Greg, we, we just kind of go through the motions and we're thinking about yesterday. Well, yesterday's gone. It's history. Or right. we're thinking about tomorrow tomorrow's a mystery it's not here yet we don't we don't know what's coming tomorrow now you need to plan ahead but today be present be present with who you who you're with okay so many times i see people i go to these these get-togethers these parties and i'm talking to somebody and they're constantly looking over my shoulder to see who else they need to talk to you know and maybe they just want to ditch me i don't know but <laughs> the thing is they're not present. And, and, and what, what I try to tell people is focus on who you're with right now, because that is a gift to be able to be with them and enjoy them uh, to the max. No matter right. who it is, really enjoy that opportunity to be with them. That may be the last time you talk to them. You don't know, but, but be present and, and be present in what you're doing. Thoroughly enjoy what you're doing. Thoroughly enjoy who you're with. Just thoroughly enjoy the moment and moment by moment. If, if you have that joy and enjoyment, it's amazing how that'll change your, your, your uh, just your whole countenance. I mean, the way you feel uh, mm -hmm. your attitude and everything, if you'll just focus on the present, that will change your life. I'm telling you. Love, love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next chapter we're going to talk about is number five and it's entitled, uh, Eva finished on fire, and I know I know this story. You've told it to me uh, multiple times. It's an incredible story and experience. But I'm not even going to talk any, any more about that. I'd rather have you just paint the picture. You were there and and uh, in a special time. Yeah, very special. I I absolutely did not think I would be in uh, Auschwitz, uh, the uh, the Nazi death camp. Uh, it's actually in Poland, outside of Krakow, Poland. Uh, but I had read one of the books I read, and I really love, I truly recommend you read it, is uh, Viktor Frankl. Uh, his book is called Man's Search for Meaning. Uh, 
phenomenal book, just great stuff there. But Viktor Frankl was a survivor of Auschwitz. Uh, a, a miracle's miracle that he would survive what he did, what he went through. And, uh, and I, I remember he said he lost his medical practice uh, as a young doctor. His wife was killed. His parents were killed, uh, murdered by the Nazis. Um, and he had one sibling that survived. I think it was a sister. His brother was killed also. But he said, you know, they could strip me of everything. And the Nazis did. They stripped them of absolutely everything. But the one thing, your final freedom as a human being is your attitude. That's one thing that people can't take away from you. You decide to give that away. But he said, you know what? I want as my attitude, I want to try to survive and tell people about this if I can. Of course, the Nazis just killed you just at the drop of a hat. If you looked at them wrong, they, they killed you. Well, that attitude, I kept studying that. And then I had the opportunity to meet a fascinating mm. lady. Uh, her name was Eva Kaur. Uh, Eva Moses was her uh, maiden name, but Eva Moses Kaur. And she actually is a lady from here in Indiana. And I met her several times. Uh, she has a Holocaust museum and they have a trip they would take every year uh, to Auschwitz. And they would go back and she would take you around Auschwitz, actually Auschwitz-Birkenau, which is the big camp. That's the one where over a million innocents were murdered. And uh, she would take us around. And I got to go on a trip with Eva Kaur. And it was phenomenal. We, we, we went all the way around the camp. And uh, I had supper with her that night. Uh, and it was just um, just an amazing experience. She was sitting there at my table. We talked and she laughed at me and most people do laugh at me, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that was just a phenomenal experience. Now, can, do I tell the ending or we just leave that hanging? I, I'll leave that hanging for you, but it was a phenomenal day in my life. And it mm -hmm. was a phenomenal day for Eva Core. And, uh, and you read the book and, and it's, it's amazing what we did and, and some of that. Yeah, it was, it was awesome, but it all started with attitude by Victor Frankl, man's search for meaning. And then following that up and, and saying, Hey, I need to go to Auschwitz, Auschwitz and, and, and see that and be a part of that. And, and I speak about it all the time with my speaking engagements. It's really exciting to, to tell people and share about that. So, and, and that was not very long ago, right? I mean, no, just uh, the summer of uh, 19, actually, 19, uh, right. uh, late June, early July of 2019. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, story. wow, right. pretty amazing, pretty amazing. So I don't know if you can expand on the, in there, in the book, I'm reading along and you've got an excerpt where you're talking about um, <laughs> a connection with Motley Crue. So I don't know <laughs> if you can, you can expound on that without, uh, without giving away the ending or not. You know, I, I think I can. Um, Motley Crue, if you're rock and roll fans and stuff, uh, you'll know the guy named Nikki Six. Well, Nikki Six was uh, one of the star, the, the founders of the group, Motley Crue, and he um, he actually befriended um, Eva back in 2017 because Eva Core was the grand marshal for the Indianapolis 500, and the Indianapolis 500 is the largest single day sporting event in the world. And so it's a big deal to be the grand marshal for that event. And Eva, uh, she mixed very well with people. And she was a little bitty lady, 85 years old and, and just uh, a neat lady, really tough. I mean, really had a great determination, but she talked about forgiveness. 
And she met, she ran into Nikki Six. They they hit it off. I mean, he's this long-haired, tattooed, rock and roller dude. And she's this little old lady, you know. And she's she's like, I think she's actually 4'10. In my book, I think I screwed up her height. She's only like 4'10, maybe. I mean, real little gal. Yeah, she's short. Really spunky. But they hit it off and they they had a relationship. And I remember uh being with with uh, Eva's son, Alex Core, and uh, getting a call from Nikki six, uh, out of Los Angeles. And, uh, and, and, and he said how Eva had taught him a lot about forgiveness and it helped him forgive himself and go through a lot of that stuff It's mm. really pretty fascinating, but, but you need to read the book cause you'll, that you'll get the whole story and it's really good. So yeah, that's kind of neat really. Yeah. Uh, the connection that she made. yeah. 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 She was known around the world. It was amazing. Yeah, I only met her, let's see, I think I met her twice, and you're right. I remember now meeting her. She's a feisty, spunky person, yes. um, kind of petite, but wow, there's a lot packed in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of life in her. <laughs> All right. Chapter 10. Chapter 10 is entitled Dead by Midnight, which sounds like an ominous um, you know, thriller book or something. But you know, in there, you tell us about um, life's stream of endless choices and how small things really matter. So maybe you can expand on that. Tell us a little more about that. Yeah, that one. Um, actually, that came from one of the books I read, believe it or not. I learned so much by reading these books. And I read so, such a variety. And that's the cool thing. Uh, Anything from health and nutrition to self-improvement to business, marketing, science and nature, sports, all kinds of stuff. But th this one author I really love, his name is Og, O.G. Mandino, Og Mandino. He's passed away. And, and years ago, he was actually like the number one uh, author uh, in the world. At one point, he had sold more books than anybody. Very uh, inspiring man. And uh, he has a great story. You need to read some of his books. And uh, but one book I read of his, he talked about you know, having an impact on people. And and he said uh, he said do this one thing. And he mm -hmm. he called it Dead by Midnight. And that's what this chapter is about. And he said, here's what you do. Tomorrow when you get up, every pretend that you have a secret. Okay, a big secret. And every person that you meet that next day, you look at them and, and you, you have a secret about them that they don't know. And the secret is that by midnight, they're going to be dead and they're going to die. Well, you know, so many times we go through life every day and we, we say hello and stuff and we're halfway nice to people, but we overlook a lot of people, especially people that serve us in many ways. And which is sad because they're, they're human beings and they're good people and we're missing out on a lot. But he said, here's what you do. You look at that person, every person you meet and look at them as if you have this big secret that they're actually going to be dead by midnight. Mm -hmm. Now, how would you treat that person? If you knew that about them, they didn't know it, but you knew it. Well, you'd, you'd be nicer to them, wouldn't you? You'd pay attention to them. Right. You would think, oh my, this person's going to be gone. I need to say what I need to say to them. Okay. And, and that's what you need to do. And I, I think in my book, you know, tell people what you think of them. 
as long as it's nice. I, <laughs> <laughs> if it's nice, right. uh, you know, you don't, you don't need to say it. Okay. But, but tell people what you think of them, but, but look at people in that way. And if you'll start observing people and thinking, Oh my, they're going to be gone at midnight. What a tragedy. You know, there's, there's going to be a family, you know, that they're going to leave behind, uh, you know, either a, a husband or a wife or a children or parents and just think how devastated that family will be that that person's gone. Well, how are you going to treat them now? Because their life is really short, you know, just a matter of hours. And so trying to teach people to look at other people in that way is very significant. And I, I believe if you do that, just try it. It will change your, your relationships with people because all of a sudden, when you start treating people in that fashion, they're going to reciprocate because you treat people now. You give people a nice big smile chances are you're going to get a big smile back. You have a big hello or are very courteous and respectful to people. Typically, you're going to get the same back to you, you know, respect and, and kindness. Okay. Well, you start doing this, you'll be amazed at what happens. I've done this with a couple of people and it's like, wow, I lit their light bulb. I mean, it just poof, they were, they were lit up and it's really cool. And I think it's, it's, it's sad that we don't do that more as we encounter people throughout our day. But yeah, that's what that, that's all about. But I'd encourage you to read uh, Ogmandino and also one of the best ones he's got, I think it's called, it's not the strangest secret. I think um, he did, um, I, isn't it called world's greatest, greatest salesman? That's it. World's yeah. greatest salesman. Oh my right. gosh. That is awesome. You need to read that book. That's a good one. Yeah. That's, the world's yeah, greatest um, salesman. It's on my link yeah. Amazon list to buy and uh, haven't done that yet, but I've heard great oh my things God. about it. Oh, wonderful. I've read it several, several, several times. I listened to it. Okay, Glenda. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so back to what you were saying. Um, yeah. If we could practice that every day and, you know, it probably sound, might sound a little challenging, but it could be really challenging if it's uh, maybe it's your boss and it's not particularly somebody you're fond of, or maybe a difficult customer and that, that just repeatedly, uh, maybe things aren't going so well. But from what you said, it could really change the course of um, the relationship. Oh, exactly. That's a great insight, Greg. Yeah. People that you don't really like or, or, or they're, they're hard, hard nuts to crack. They're hard, right. hard on you. If you'll change your something, you can't, you can't just, you know, stick them in the ribs and say, Hey, straighten up. You're being a jerk. <laughs> right. you, you can change your attitude and how you treat them. And you'll be amazed if you try to implement this and say, and treat them in a different way, how quickly they might seem to change. And you're like, wow, that's kind of amazing, but you can change yourself <laughs> and your treatment of them and then leave everything else up to them. But I think you'd be surprised the, the good that will come out of this uh, for both of you. So yes, good Excellent. insight. Excellent. So uh, let's see, we're on, we're on chapter number four out of five. This is chapter 17. I love this title. It's called Joy in Horse Poop. And so, as you say, this is a uh, once upon a time story that uh, I think illustrates a really important point about perspective on, on things and life. And so, yeah, tell us, the, tell us that story, Dave. Oh my gosh, this one really smells, I'm telling you. Um, joy and horse poop. And uh, I love this story because it really tells, uh, tells you exactly who's got control of your mindset and your attitude. And um, can I, do I have time to tell the story real quick? Is that yeah, okay? Yeah, I don't think it's very long. Okay. 
All right. Well, I can make it long. But anyway, <laughs> the story is about these two young boys and I'll, I'll probably chop it up a little bit. So you, you want to read the book. But uh, these two young boys are twins, identical twins. They look alike everything. You know, I mean, you can't tell them apart. But uh, the one twin um, is a very, very negative young man. He just whines and whimpers and cries and, and, and just fusses about everything. You just, you just can't please the kid, mm. you know? Well, the other twin, and this is amazing about siblings, uh, they may be twins, but they're, they're totally different. Well, his, his twin brother is just happy as a lark. I mean, just easy going, happy go lucky, mm -hmm. you know, never really gets too bent out of shape. You know, life's okay. You know, we'll be fine, you know, no matter what the situation. And so, there's a there's this um, psychologist that wants to study these boys because of the amazing difference between the two. It's just totally night and day. And they're like, man, what's the matter? You know, we got to figure this out. So they take the, the negative boy and they, they stick him in a room. And in that room, he's, he's by himself. OK, and they shut the door and he's and the only thing in the room. I mean, what's in the room is just toys, 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 every boy toy you could ever imagine everything. <laughs> And they leave him alone for about 20 or 30 minutes, let him play, just do whatever he wants. And then they come back and, and then they, they want to see, you know, what happened. And, and so they come back and, uh, and the boy, they open the door. The boy is in the corner crying. He's kind of curled up in a ball. It's like just crying. And they're like, what on earth is going on? You know, what's the matter? You know, what's the problem? Well, you know, I got this race car here and the wheels broken, you know, and it's just doesn't work right. And I've got this other toy and, and it's the wrong color. I just don't like that color, you know, and just on and on. And he's got the room for, it's almost like Toys R Us. Well, before yeah. they went under, but it's like <laughs> Toys R Us for this one boy. And it's everything you'd ever want. And he's over in the corner crying and just whimpering and, and, and just unhappy. And they're like, wow, this is just amazing. You know, this boy would have all this stuff. So, so the, the, the positive little boy, the, his twin brother, uh, they put him in a room and he's all by himself. And the only thing in that room is a huge pile of horse poop. I mean, a <laughs> pile of horse poop, a big one. And they're like, okay, we're going to put him in there. So they shut the door, they go away and they're letting him, you know, do his thing and stuff. And they, they come back 20, 30 minutes later, they open the door. And there is horse poop, horse manure everywhere. I mean, it's on the walls. It's on the ceiling. It's all over him. He's covered in it. I mean, he's just sweating. I mean, he's just going crazy. He's slinging this stuff everywhere. I mean, he's digging through and slinging it. And they're like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? <laughs> and he, he says, he says, you know what? With all this horse poop in here, there's got to be a pony somewhere. <laughs> And I thought, wow, what a great attitude, you know. <laughs> exactly. All he had was a pile of horse poop, but boy, he was looking for that pony. There's got to be a pony in there somewhere. And uh, and it was just, a, it's just an attitude difference of, of the boys. And it's and that's what I want you to think about every day is, okay, you know, sling some horse poop. If that's all you got, have fun with it. You know, it may smell a little bit, right. you know, and you may not like the texture, but hey, it is what it is. So just, just enjoy it and, and make the best of it really yeah. is what I'm saying. So, Love yeah. That story. So, that's <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as you said, um, you know, it's, it's about attitude and one of the more popular words these days is mindset. But I think what you always say is that it's, it's a choice. 
To, yeah, totally a choice. I, I tell people, and, and, and throughout the book, I talk about this. Your entire life is built on choices. In the morning, when you get up, it's just a series of choices. And actually, it's before you get up. You start making choices. You decide, okay, what time am I going to get up? You know, um, what am I going to wear today? You know, am I going to, you know, shower, whatever, you know, brush my teeth? What am I going to eat for breakfast? It's just a series of choices. And your life is built upon choices. And you decide every step of the way. And throughout the book, I talk about that. And, and you decide when you come to a fork in the road, well, the, what's the old saying? You know, uh, when you come to the fork in the road, take it. Well, everything you decide, you decide whether you go left or right or up or down or, or sideways, however you want to go. It's choice. It's a choice. And my, my next book that I'm looking into, I've, I've already had the title for years, but it's called Attitude Before Underwear. Yes. And <laughs> that title, it talks about in the morning, the first choice you should make and the most important choice you should make is not not the socks that you're going to wear not the shirt that you're going to wear not the underwear that you're going to wear <laughs> it's the attitude that you're going to wear for that day yes. you need to choose the correct attitude that you're going to put on for that day is it are you going to be a positive person or are you going to be an old grouch you know are you going to be somebody that you know deals with life and, and life will be okay you know nobody died whatever uh, or you're going to just be, you know, negative and somebody, you know, an old sourpuss that nobody wants to be around. So it's choices. It really is. It's your whole life. So yeah, good perfect, point, Greg. Perfect. Perfect. So let's see. Selection number five, the final one. This is uh, number nine, chapter number nine, purge the poison. So <laughs> a couple of things you talk about, uh, you know, are we, we go through life collecting regrets uh, kind of like the things we should have, the things we should not have, the things we missed out on. And you help us remember the reality of baggage, you know, as you call it, your invisible baggage. So, yeah, um, yeah let, tell us about how that it just impacts us and what we can do about it. Yeah. And Greg, thanks for asking that because I, I kind of forgot about some of that chapter, but um, it goes back a lot to Eva Core. Yeah. And what she taught me, and I wear her bracelet all the time. It, it's called, it says, never give up. And it said, uh, forgive. And, and she had to forgive the Nazis for what they did. Of course, they murdered her mom and dad. They, they murdered her two older sisters. And her and her sister, Miriam, uh, they survived because they were twins. And Dr. Death, Dr. Joseph Mengele, they call him Dr. Death, he experimented on the twins, okay, experimented on others too, but twins, and she was a 10-year-old girl, her and her sister, and they did some horrible experiments on, on twins, and, um, and so she survived the Holocaust, and the very few did survive. Out of a million, some they killed, uh, only a few thousand actually came out of there alive, but um, she talked about how she had to forgive the Nazis and forgive what they had done for her to really live her life fully, to be able to, to, to have the best life possible, she had to get that out of her system. And of course, uh, being of the Jewish, you know, um, well, the Jewish faith, but also the Jewish race, you know, uh, Jewish people, they, uh, they're thinking on, on forgiveness. You have to have someone that comes to you 
that has wronged you and says, hey, I'm sorry, please forgive me, you know, and have that exchange. Well, most of these people were already dead. And, and so she couldn't do that. Uh, there were a few still alive, but, but she knew that she had to get that out of her system. And so she actually wrote a letter to one of the doctors there in Auschwitz uh, and met him and gave him a letter and, and forgave him and the Nazis. And she caught a lot of grief over this from the Jewish community because they said, no, nope, you can't forgive them. And what they did is unforgivable. And, and in most people's mind, it is unforgivable. I mean, what they did is, uh, I still can't get my mind around it. You know, after walking right. those hundreds of acres of a, of a murder factory, and it was, uh, and, and how, what went on there, it's all there. The evidence is all there mm. and it's hard to get it out of your mind, but you can't understand that thinking. But, um, but what I learned from Eva was this. Okay. And I heard this, uh, once, uh, a few years ago, a great uh, speaker said, you know, when you have anger and hatred and bitterness and unforgiveness and all this animosity in you, okay, inside you, it only corrodes the vessel that carries it, mm -hmm. okay, it, it only hurts yourself, you, so you need to purge that, it's poison, it's poison in your body, okay, so every day you're, you're carrying that anger inside of you, you're carrying that hatred, that, that bitterness, and it's just, it, it hurts you. It's not hurting the other people or whoever wronged you. Cause a lot of times people don't even realize they wronged you or they don't really care, but it's ruining your life. And so you've got to purge that poison out of your body. You got to puke it up. I mean, just get it out of there. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes it's a long, long process. And it's very difficult, but if you want to live, if you want to finish on fire, if you want to live every day and make it your best day, You've got to purge that poison out of your heart, out of your soul. Just get it out of your body and just yeah. be done with it. And, yes. and I'm not saying, you know, forgive and forget, because I guarantee you, I have a great memory on, on people that have wronged me, especially if they wronged my mom or my wife or my kids. I can't, I don't know that I'll ever forget that, but I go through the process of forgiving and that's what Eva taught and it was so strong, but you got to purge the poison. And I'm telling you, everyone listening, please do that. If you want to really enjoy life, if you want to make every day your best day, you got to get the poison out of you first. You got to clean out the, the nasty vessel because it just hurts you. It's not hurting anybody else. It's hurting you. And so just, um, I heard the, the analysis. It's like, um, you know, you got this anger or unforgiveness about, against somebody and it's like drinking poison every day and hoping that they're going to die. And it's like, well, it's not going to work that way. You're drinking the poison. How are they going to die? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've got to get the poison out of you. You got to purge that and, and all that invisible baggage. You know, you, nobody sees that. It's not like you're carrying a load, but it's in there and it's, it's, it's really crushing you and it's really holding you back and holding you down from being who you need to be and, and how you can be your best. So, so yeah, thanks for asking me that. I, I appreciate you asking that. Yeah, that's a that's a really powerful chapter, and um, it's just a really good illustration that you've got in there about uh, all the various ways that you can be impacted. And and when we talk about it, like we just did for a few minutes there, it sometimes you know it makes it sound a little easy, but it's it's certainly not. You know, it could be as simple as somebody that cut you off in traffic that day, 
um, all the way to maybe a, a, um, a brother, a sister, a family member, something like that, that there's just a deep divide between. So it can really take um, years of working at that. But when it's been done, at least as people have told me, and maybe some smaller things I've experienced, it can be really freeing. Yeah, yeah. I listen to um, uh, one of my favorite authors is Andy Andrews, and I've read all his books, and yes. just an awesome, awesome guy, and and what he's gone through in life, and and how he's flourished, you know, as an adult and stuff. And he had a guy on his on one of his podcasts here recently, Chris Hogan, who is one of Dave Ramsey's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, top guys. Chris Hogan is a neat, neat fellow, and he he's got a book out on on finances and kind of like finishing on fire, but it, it's talking about that. I don't, I, the, the title escapes me right now, but um, he says you need to control the controllables. Okay. That's what you worry about. Okay. Yeah. Your attitude. Well, you can control your attitude. That's your baby. Okay. That's your choice. Okay. Your focus, you, you know, you, you determine your focus. Okay. Your actions, you determine that that's your choice. And you got to control those things that are controllable, but the rest of the stuff, you got to let it go, you know, leave it in somebody else's hands. And that's what I, I, I talk about, you know, when you carry this baggage, you're carrying baggage from the past. Yeah. Okay. Or you're worrying about the future. Okay. Regret is something I talk about in the book a lot. Regret. It's all from the past. Okay. Something you didn't do or something that you did do get rid of it. Okay. Worry. Worry is about the future. Yes. Okay. Well, don't, don't be worrying about it. If you got something going on, I heard a great speaker. I'll tell you this and I'll, I'll shut up cause I get carried away, but <laughs> there's a speaker. He was a, a foreign uh, gentleman uh, from some other country. And I remember him saying, you know, you Americans are, are kind of silly. And I think I talk about this maybe in my book, I bring it up. He said, you know, 90% of the things that we worry about 90%, we have no control over the things, like I said, like they're in the past or, or things that are in the future, you know, things that somebody else can do or, or somebody else did. We worry about all these things. Okay. Um, and that's 90% of the things he says. Now, 10% of the things that we worry about, we can do something about, you know, we've got some effect on those. And he said, okay, so the 90% you can't control, you can't do anything about, well, stop worrying about those. That's right. 90%. The other 10%, well, well, there's something you can do about those. Well, stop worrying about those. Just start doing something about them. <laughs> Take action on, on fixing the problem, whatever it is. And, and I thought that was interesting. He says there's 100% of what we worry about. And, and you know, uh, worry and stress, okay, that's one of the top. I think stress, they say, is um, the top six uh, medical killers in our life is, is stress-related. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to help people not die how about that how about that <laughs> at least not at least no, not die so soon <laughs> yeah there you go at least enjoy it while you're finishing on fire <laughs> exactly exactly so perfect perfect so um i guess we should wrap things up today what do you think wrap it up wrap yeah. it up i uh, i'm excited about the book uh anybody that knows me they're like wow, you wrote a book? I'm like, well, this is my second book. <laughs> and the cool thing is, it actually is an Amazon uh, number one bestseller, which is cool. I like that because really the main thing I like about it is the fact that it changes lives. Yes, It helps people 
see uh, issues that I've gone through or I've, I've brought in the book and I, I, I've shown them and they're like, you know what, that will help me. And so that's really what I want. I want to help as many people as I can. And so, uh, you know, hopefully they'll get a copy. They'll, they'll read this and it'll change their life. Because I've heard a lot of feedback from people and, and it's really done some, some neat things in their lives. They, they've tried a few of these principles that I've talked about and they're like, wow, that's pretty cool. So, so yep. that's, that's, that's fun. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's so, about all I got. What do you say, Greg? Yeah. So I say, folks, if you like what you heard today, stay tuned for future episodes. We're going to we're going to unpack the books more and um, and, you know, and, just kind of discuss and relate some of our own personal things that have happened in our lives and, you know, how we kind of hopefully try and live these things out. Yeah, do our best. And, and again, the book, it's, it's uh, by me, Dave Wadsworth, W-A-D-S-W-R-T-H. It's called Finishing on Fire, mm-hmm. Finishing on Fire. And the subtitle is Live Your Legacy of Purpose, Passion, and Prosperity. And if that's what you want in your life, I highly recommend it because um, I think it'll do you a lot of good. I really do. Absolutely. Well, Dave, thanks for today's discussion, and uh, we'll pick things up on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Finishing on Fire radio show. Be sure to visit finishingonfire.com for more great content. Go light your world.